welcome to the ministries of the Bohomi Baptist Church, where we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fair before Him in all the earth. And the pastor is Reverend Nelson. Be blessed by the sermon that you're about to hear. I do love those old 
We call him Sankey, we call him anything, but I call him Sankey. I do love those old songs. Brothers, the message I'm going to give is something dear to me. First time I'm ever going to say this, the Lord has blessed me to reach 68. I don't say that often. Anybody asks, how old are you? I'm soon, then I'm gone. But I, at this point in time, when I started to study the scripture, started to follow the book of John and into Isaiah, things start revealing to me and I said, Lord, I waste so much time. And now I realize that I should have been here in the word, spreading the gospel like you demand and command of me. If I carry the gospel to the lost near and far, I won't stand empty-handed at God's worshiping bar. So I did not relax until God, oh yes, let of this world. The Bible tells us the same. From one comes the other. From the Bible comes history. You read it in the book of Genesis when God stepped out into time that first day creating this world. Once he did it he took him Six days to make everything. Church, there was nothing. Nothing. 
in existence at that time. When he made it out of nothing, it was God's power. It has nothing to do with the Big Bang Theory. Because you still have to explain to me who created the Big Bang. And then you've got to go back again and explain to me who created the created or the creator of the Big Bang. You're going to be in serious trouble. Moses had no understanding what was going on even though somebody tells him what to do. And on Moab, that hill, that great mountain, God sat him down and explained to him his creation. In the beginning, Moses said, God created the heaven and earth. That's enough to tell you what's going on. But on, in, to give us some idea, he says, the earth, as to the earth, this is what happened. Church, God created every living thing that is on the earth. For whom? For his price package. Us, human beings. He gave us an instruction you see here, and here, and here, and here, you could eat. It is for your pleasure. But only one thing, do not touch those trees. Don't touch the fruit. Because the minute you do it, you what? You shall surely die. You shall surely die. Somebody tells me we had a, a little argument concerning theology in Boston, and he was upset with me when I said, you know, this thing could have happened 50 years before that God and Satan had a little thing and he kicked him out of heaven. But that didn't fit his, his understanding because I know where he was going, and I'm not going that way with anybody. Right. It, it doesn't make sense because my brain capacity just done lost a couple of craniums already. So I don't argue with people in those areas. But I come to the realize, I mean like realization rather, that something happened in the Garden of Eden. And what took place was Satan intervening in man's life. He causes man to disobey God. And by that disobedient, it turns the whole world upside down. Thistle wasn't, was not sprang up out of the early day. You walk now in Kasha, we call it. All these other things that sprang up was not there because it was good. That's right. Remember when he finished make something, he said, it is good. good. Yes. And when he finished done all that, we decide to disobey him. My life ain't going to be any better than it is unless something took place. And what took place is what we're going to talk about a little bit from now. You see, when man sinned and God passed by him, he already know that the fellowship he had with man was broken. It 
was disturbed because he's God all by himself. He does not need a video to look back and see what's going on. He already knows what went on. And when he asked for the people he left in charge of the earth, what happened? One started lying on the other, the other one started lying on the other. One says, well, you know, it's the woman you gave me. When I look at that subject and look at that, I said, look at him. Can't even own up to what he did. The other one says, is the serpent beguiling me? And I'm saying, you take that animal to fool you. <laughs> the excuse was poor. They made some poor excuses. They made some poor choices. And because of that, I am in the state that I am in. But you see, God did not stop there. He, take, he took care of Noah, didn't he? You see, God is a, is a marvelous God. In the sixth chapter of Genesis, you can see how God choreographed his business. When he told Noah, listen, you are going to do something because I want to save this amount of people. And he saved them. Noah went out and had his family and have all these other things happened to him. But he ended up with one individual called Abraham. Church, I want you to listen to what I'm saying now. When I say called, I mean he called him. He called him out of Canaan. Abraham didn't go looking for God. Because we can't go looking for him. That's the reason why I said that. It takes a holy God to come to us, to deliver us to him. Nothing new, nothing strange. It's just that we can't do it ourselves. Let me tell you something about the Garden of Eden. You remember when he kicked them out of the Garden of Eden? Why do you think the flaming sword was inside there? Because there is a fruit tree there that if you eat the fruit tree, guess what? I tell you, you can't fool God. <laughs> he knew that Adam and Eve would have looked to go back in there. To save their lowly life. And eat that fruit so they would not die. And guess what? We'll be living in sin smelling. But we have a God who is an awesome and wonderful God in me. I know this uh, introduction is, <laughs> is long. But we're going to get there. After all that issue, remember God is still on the throne. He is still doing business. We don't know. And when he came upon Abraham, he told him a few things. And they did something. One thing that took place is that little boy Abraham had. And I preface that because everybody talks about Ishmael. But Ishmael wasn't the, be be the begotten son of Abraham, was he? He was not the begotten son of Abraham. You know who was? The one that God gave. Say it again. The one that God gave them. And I didn't say him. Them. Husband and wife. And as Abraham started to think about life, he recognized he had to sacrifice that little boy that God told him to. It hurts him, but he trusted God. And he figured, well, if God kills him, God is going to bring him back. 
So that's all right with him. Church, that incident also put us a mark on my mind because it let me know that God is not satisfied with flesh of man, the blood of man who to us be sacrificed for the life of others. So he had to do something. And what he had to do is make preparation. Make preparation. And that preparation is something else. I'm going to ask you to look with me in the Bible, in your Bible, chapter 6 of the Gospel according to St. John. We are going to, oh, I just want to prop up your mind because this message may not done. But I just want to fix up your mind to certain things. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. We thank you for being such a good and wonderful God to us. We know we have missed the mark. We are past, oh God. But we ask you to give us strength. And help keep us humble, oh Father, that we may not mess up. But just in case we mess up, I know you have already have a provision for us. If we sin and confess it, you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are not righteous except in your sight. So we ask you to bless and ask you to guide in Jesus' name. Amen. Many of these disciples, when they heard this saying, this is the Lord, or rather this is a hand of saying, or rather hard saying, I'm doing something here. This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Who can understand it? Who can bear it? Who can take it? When Jesus knew it in himself that his disciple murmured at it, he said to them, do this offend you? What if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up? And when he ascended before, ascend up, it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profit nothing. The word that I speak to you, ye are spirit and ye are life. But there, there are some of you that what? Do not believe. But Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believe not and should betray him. Coincide man's attitude towards him. They were very happy to follow Jesus, very happy to talk with him communicate with him, fellowship with him, do everything with him. Because they had ulterior motive. And their motive was to get food. Their motive also were to see miracles because he worked miracles. And they want to see all that. They enjoy the luxury that came to Jesus at that time. But Jesus said something that they did not like to hear. And that is, 
the Son of Man is come in flesh. Rather in the spirit. The word I bring is in the spirit. And in that spirit word, you must eat my flesh and you must drink the cup in order to understand how to get it. I'm paraphrasing now. I like to call this the life I got that I didn't deserve. And I would like to see the person here push up your hand tell me my pockets is holding back my hand. That you deserve the life you got. You and I are agreeing together that we don't want to stand empty-handed before God. We want to make sure that what we do represent God, represent Him crucified. Church, they did not understand because what He was saying, they were taught. You would think that a place like Israel with all these priests and all these Sanhedrins, even Ananias would have taught them because he confronted Nicodemus, remember him? He confronted him when he came by night to talk to him. And he re reminded him that he is what? He's a, he's, he is a leader of the people. And these things you don't know. So they weren't teaching the people. And because they weren't teaching the people, the people had no idea. All they thought of was Moses' law. And what Moses told them to do, it's what they are going to do. They're not going to deviate from what Moses said. Even some of them who deviated from it. But because they weren't properly taught, they weren't given that instruction they didn't believe what Jesus said. They couldn't understand what Jesus said. But Jesus always taught, make analogies. He makes illustrations pertaining to him and what he's supposed to do. He never comes, well, I'm going to keep, I want you to eat my blood. Um, rather, I'm going to die on the cross and you want to see. He just says, what? My flesh and my blood. One is spirit. One is, the other one is flesh. And if you don't get me, the spirit, you're not going to go to heaven. And it's a hard saying for them, yes, for not knowing. And even if they knew and they lived in the same position that they are living in, they wouldn't still get it. Because Moses' law, as far as they are concerned, trumped Jesus, what he is saying, because he is what? A barbarian. That, that's David's, uh, Joseph's child. That's a carpenter boy. He is not learned. He didn't go to the, the, the seminary or, or those colleges that we went to. So he doesn't know what he's saying because he is talking blasphemy. And they were so upset and angry. I got something better than that. They didn't understand what was going on because their spirit, the spirit that controls them was not of God. God the Holy Spirit has not yet descended on man. 
You remember that brother? Did not, has not descended on man. So therefore, there is no spirit inside of them to guide them. And Jesus is alerting them to what's going to happen. This is going to happen. But it's so hard for you to understand it. That is a problem. Brother Brown, I notice you're reading Ephesians. Do you understand it? And I'm boasting. Say, yeah, I understand it. He said, why don't you take a look at Leviticus? And after I start reading Leviticus and reading Ephesians, then it starts opening my eyes. You see, the sacrifice that was made in Leviticus explains itself in Ephesians. And when you get that knowledge, when it comes in, you then don't make mistake as often as you used to. Because you got some restraining component holding you back. And I'm telling you who do we as Christian in these days. They didn't know. And Jesus was teaching them. Many things happen to us. Many things happen to them. But beloved, I recognize when you step over into the book of Isaiah. It started from Isaiah 42 to 14 verse and you come down. But I like the part in Isaiah. When Isaiah asked the question, who? Now notice that. Who will believe what we say to them? You got report. Who will rep- believe that? You let me know who will believe that. And then elaborate like a tender plant going up, up before him out of the ground. He is describing the Son of God as he comes into the world. He will bear everything. You see that God made a plan. And that plan is to send his son into the world. To die for the world. But there are things that will happen to his son. That we could not bear. He will grow up as a tender plant in front of us. Who knows his days? Who knows his generation? Everybody in the neighborhood was having children. Jesus was not. Do you realize that? When he started his ministry, someone says he was 33. Or rather 30. When he started his ministry. And for a 30-year-old man that does not have children, something is wrong, isn't it? In those days, not now. But he didn't. Because Isaiah already told us that. He has no generation and nobody. And I'm of the opinion that his sisters and his brothers, yes, he had them. His sisters and his brothers were mocking him because of that. Because they don't, they did not know 
who they were dealing with. That individual did something for you and I. That individual life was already given to God. It was not his. Because he explained to you in John when he says, here I come doing my father's will. That's amazing. He explained it to us in chapter 13 of John when he declares, I am the what? I am the true vine, me, and my father is the husbandman. Any branch in me that beareth no fruit, what? He clips them and he throws them away, burn them. And when he done prune them, that tree is going to be a fruit and much fruit. He already knows that. That was placed there. That was his plan all along. When Isaiah repeat, repeat to us that this man, this man is going to be beaten. He's going to be dragged. He's going to be taken to prison. He's going to be whooped. And he described him as a sheep. As a lamb for the slaughter. When I was a kid, I used to watch them kill goats and pigs and all that. And at that time, I said, oh, good meat. Forget that these animals got here. I don't know. I don't kill them. But I definitely will eat them. And I'm not going to begrudge the person who killed them because I go fishing, I'll catch fish too. And they have to die for me to eat. But here, Isaiah said he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And to the shearers, he opened up not his mouth. He was as if he's dumb before them. And when they finish beating him, Isaiah mentioned by his stripes we are here. I'm going to come back to you. By his stripes we are here. I don't know how much catenine they put on his back. And you notice I'm doing like this. As if I feel those blows. But when they whooped him, and they, they, they swing it outside. They used to put bones and stuff on the back of these things. So that when they hit you and they pull it, guess what comes up? Your flesh. Could you imagine the Son of God, the King of Kings, had to go through all that? You see, God did not want any mere thing. Nothing, nothing man created or man made that comes from man to come before him as a sacrifice for men. That's why Isaac could make it. That's why he turned down Abraham's sacrifice from that standpoint and provide for him a lamb. And that lamb was partless, showing you that God wants something pure. Yeah. 
Since I am going to bring mankind back to me, I have to have something that comes into me that is pure. Because I'm a holy God. God exists within himself. There was never a time that he did not exist. I remember we had a little class here and I, I asked a question and somebody else did ask a question. Well, when, did God, when did God started existing? And I point the scripture to them. But someone decided to tell them, well, God exists when the world began. I shake my head. I said, are you teaching that? But you know me again, Brother Isdil. I ain't arguing with nobody. I walk away. Because that's wrong. That's what I'm teaching. He is self-existing. Do you understand that? You're not in agreement, right, Sister Joy? Yes. I like the analogy, and I went, I went with the pastor one time to do something. He was demonstrating a ring. And on that ring, the demonstration I got from him, and he was correct. The ring is circled. Take a look at the earth. Anybody ever see a picture of the earth from the sky? The Hubbles and all them guys like to take picture of the earth. Is it wrong? Is it wrong? Well, God should compass that. He doesn't have to do all. Look at that side and look at the side. He stand up and to see everything because he created it. And he is in charge of it. He's a self-existing God. He didn't need anybody to help him out. And he certainly don't want anybody to help him out. He's there. Isaiah gave us that picture. And that picture, my brothers and sisters, is dramatic. We're going to finish soon. That picture is dramatic. Isaiah said that when the weight of sin get on him, I could, um, you, you ever got an egg? And you let that, what happen? You crush the egg. The word that he used inside there, he was bruised. It was not bruised. God crushed. Jesus. And as he crushed him, what took him down? Remember, a demonstration was made with the cross. And as Jesus walked with the cross, he fell on the ground because he is feeling the weight of sinners. I love to move. I notice I can't move. But he was feeling the weight of sinners as the sin of this world crushed. You and I know full well our own self. We cannot stand our own sin. You know that. It hurts too much for your own. It bothers you too much. If you do something wrong, it keeps you down, keeps you down. But God Almighty put his son into that place. And as he 
crushed him for my sin, for your sin, for all of our sins. It bears him down. You tell me a mere human could have done that? I've got a gift that I did not deserve. Do you hear what I said? I've got a gift I do not deserve. But I'm glad that my Lord, my Savior, did what he did so that I can enter in joyfully. Joyfully. My brothers and sisters, they didn't understand those fellows decided to turn back. But one individual that makes me feel good, and that was Peter. Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You, you, my Lord, have what? You have the gift of eternal life. You are the Son of God, the living God. You have the Word of God. You have it. There is none. No other person, none, none others. I heard them big television stars and all of them say, I got my way to go to Jesus. I got my way to go to God and I'm smiling. I said, someone, you need to start listening to some preachers. Good preachers. I'll read the Bible and if you can understand, somebody going to teach you. Because in no way you are going to see heaven except through Jesus. If you find one, let me know, but you're not going to, so let me help you to save you the trouble of looking. It's not in Scripture. And if I understand this properly, the only thing you can get it out of is Scripture. Scripture will tell you it is. And I like... Some, some people make me smile and laugh. And I appreciate when they give the truth. It's the part when the pastor speaks, he says, it is Scripture. Do you understand that? Never say anything that is not here. Especially if you're going to represent Jesus. If, if you're going to represent God, say it from you. I like to tell people my, uh, my, my, my version of it. I'm paraphrasing. You know what I mean? If you've been around me long enough, you always hear me say that. I'm paraphrasing. Not him, me. You, you know why I picked that up and how I picked that up? The Apostle Paul. When the Apostle Paul made a statement, I forget what chapter he was making in. He said, not God, but I. And I know you remember that because that word. I. Because he was allowed to do it within God's the Holy Spirit. Do you see what I'm saying? It wasn't a bad thing. And I love the idea of doing it that way. That way. My Lord and Savior was crushed. And because of my sin, the weight of my sin, and I'm pointing at me, the weight of my sin, he was crushed for that, my sins. He was crushed for all of our sins. But God accepted him. <laughs> God accepted him because he was a worthy, a worthy, a worthy sacrifice. He was a worthy sacrifice. I don't care how he came into this earth, but he came. 
I said, they said there was a little thing up there, and God said, who's going to go? And Jesus said, I'm going to do that. And God says, I so love this world that I'm going to give you my son. I am going to bring back my son to this earth so that I could accept him back up to heaven for the sins of mankind. For the sins of mankind. Satan took the earth. You remember that? Who was the king of the earth before it becomes bad? Because God told them to what? Subdue the earth. Adam and Eve, mankind. And we relinquish that. And Satan stretched forth his hand and grabbed it. And he took the second Adam to say to Satan, get out of here. This is mine. That's what Revelation talks about with, with those seals and the, the, the book. You know the deed? I heard Romans, when they, when they have a deed, they put seven stamps in the deed. And when, uh, that's why you got the seven seals. So when you start peeling off, peeling off, peeling off, it was the deed for this universe that Jesus took back for our sins. Living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried he what? Carried my sins far away. Lie. Rising he justified. And he freed me forever. Jesus is coming. What a glorious day. Again I said. <laughs> the life I now live. I don't deserve it. But make no mistake. I could come and say, through Jesus Christ, I am deserving of it. You understand? Because of my Lord, your Lord, your Savior, your Lord, we are deserving of the life he gives us. I don't know if brother, if you all remember what was said concerning, I now don't call you servant. You remember you read that? I don't call you servant anymore. I call you friends. I am a friend of Jesus. I didn't say it. Jesus himself said it. Jesus himself said it. Would you please stand with me? Brother Fergie, I'll cut short for you today. I'd like to say something to each and every one of us here, especially those who do not know God as their Lord and Savior. I was not saying something that I don't believe. I believe what I've said. I believe in the Word of God. He did something miraculous for us. I enjoy it. And I love it. But I want you, I want you to participate in it. I want you to participate in this joy of salvation. From our standpoint, it's free. God already paid for it. All you got to do is says, I come. I come. I come. All you got to do is say that. Tell him. Tell him. Just as I am without one thing. Now y'all gonna help me because my throat is Just as I am.
Sometimes I go right ahead.